Hey everybody and welcome to the first ever pilot episode of Tall Guys Podcast. We've rebranded from Street Smart Sports and are now Tall Guys um, so we can talk a little bit more about what you want to hear. Ross, are you excited for this uh, this pilot? This is a momentous occasion. This is <laughs> My wet bottoms have come back out. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just excited. This is going to be good. This is a good rebrand. Also, if you're listening to this right now, you're an honorary tall guy. So whether <laughs> yeah. whether you're a five foot two or under six foot, whatever you might be, congratulations, you are now a tall guy. Honorary tall guys listen to this podcast. No matter what they tell you, you may be too short to ride rides at Six Flags, but you are not too short to listen to this podcast. <laughs> but as advertised, our first episode is going to be um, about the life of Jackie Robinson and... This podcast was kind of inspired by Ross and I wanting to sort of branch out and talk about sports in a way that no one else kind of really is. Um, we were doing sort of a generic, broad way of talking about sports, but I think this way of highlighting someone in, in history or maybe even today that um, played the game and was so influential to not only the, the sport they were playing, but to the culture around them and then the culture today uh, I think it's a really good conversation to have uh, right now. So that's kind of the thought behind this uh, Jackie Robinson podcast. So if you're listening, that is what we are, are going to be talking about today. Now, Ross and I are going to take our, our different segments on this podcast. I'll kind of tell you the framework of how this is going to go. So we're going to talk about his early life um, kind of timeline of events um, from when he was a child to when he was an adult playing in the major leagues. And then we're going to do a, a player comparison to today's game. Uh, and then we'll also go into stories, uh, some that you've heard of, some that you've never heard of, and kind of give our own thoughts about what those stories meant to um, the sport and the culture at the time and what they mean to sports uh, today. So uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started with Jackie Robinson. Now, born January 31st, 1919 in Cairo, Georgia, Jackie Robinson was the youngest of five kids, okay? He wanted to become an athlete because of his older brother, Matthew Robinson, who many called Mac. And something about Mac Robinson that is really interesting upon me doing research was that, you know, we see Jackie and his impact on, he was the first black uh, baseball player to kind of break the color barrier in uh, Major League Sports. But in reality, Mac Robinson actually won a silver medal in front of one Adolf Hitler Oof. in the Olympics. So this whole family is just filled with guys who have made uh, an extraordinary impact in, in the world, world of sports and race. So, But what's funny, well, it's not funny, it's kind of sad. When Mac comes back to the U.S. after winning a silver medal in the Olympics in front of Adolf Hitler... The only job he can find is a gar is as a garbage man. That's, That's sad. A, that is the only job he can find. That's which so is, sad. Is is sad, but you think about the time back then, and that's that's kind of how it was. So, something about Jackie Robinson's childhood, um, not a knock on it, but kind of interesting upon reading about him. He wasn't able as a child to kind of participate in recreational activities like the other white kids could, and so. 
being unable to play sports like baseball, football, soccer, he ended up joining a neighborhood gang. He ended up joining a little neighborhood street, you know, kid gang. It wasn't well, like it wasn't like ride around on their like huffies and <laughs> yeah, they rode around on their skateboards and bicycles and probably called themselves a gang. But in reality, he was actually persuaded by one of his friends. His name was Carl Anderson to kind of leave that whole thing, and he did. He did leave it. So when Jackie gets to high school, he went to John Muir High School in 1935, and again, inspired by his brother Mac, he played several different sports at the varsity level and lettered in four of them, and those four sports were football, basketball, track, and baseball. That, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> to not only play four sports in high school, but letter in all four of those sports. Right, and listen to the positions he played. He was quarterback for the football team. Man. He was shortstop and catcher for the baseball team, and he was a guard on the basketball team. And I'm sure he was a sprinter in track or something like that because the dude was fast. Now, after high school, Jackie Robinson goes to Pasadena Junior College, and then later after that he goes to UCLA. Now, at Pasadena Junior College, he was elected to the All-Southland Junior College team for baseball and was selected as the region's MVP. And Robinson was also one of 10 students named to the school's Order of the Mast and Dagger, which is awarded to students that perform outstanding service to the school and whose scholastic and citizenship record is worthy of recognition. Now, this is kind of where we get to see, and Jackie sorts to ex- personally experience the prejudice and the, the, the things that are happening because of his race. On January 25th, 1938, he is arrested after vocally disputing the detention of a black friend by police. Now, as a result of being arrested, he received a two-year suspended sentence, and the incident, in reality, gave Robinson a a reputation for combativeness in the face of racial antagonism. This is what I like about Jackie, Uh, is that Jackie was ready to throw down. Right. We think of... I think my first impression, which was a wrong impression, that him not fighting back against people yelling at him on the field when he gets in the major leagues was him just being quiet. That is not, in reality, how Jackie really was. Jackie wore his emotions on his sleeve and did not put up with no crap. I mean, he really went out there and he, he stood up for what he believed in, whether it was in college or high school or in maybe even when he was an adult. So he has this reputation now. And I wrote in here that that's an interesting point, you know, that he has that reputation in college, and yet he handles himself so well in the, in the leagues. Yes. <clears throat> now, towards the end of his time in junior college, he had a brother named Frank Robinson. And from what I was seeing, a lot of historians and people that were close to him said that Frank was the brother that he was the closest to, was actually killed in a motorcycle accident. So he's got a lot going on during this time in college. Now, Robinson then enrolls in UCLA, and he becomes the school's first athlete to win varsity letters in four sports again. Baseball, basketball, football, and track. The dude is an athlete. (laughs) That's incredible. Keep in mind, this is a a black athlete in 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 1930s. I mean, this is not, I mean, it's amazing that this can happen. Now... While a senior at UCLA, Robinson actually ended up meeting his future wife, Rachel Isum, and she was a freshman who was pretty familiar with Robinson's athletic career while he's at junior college. 
Um, he did play football for UCLA, but they only ended up winning like one game in 1940. But nevertheless, he still played football. Um, he then goes to, I didn't know about this. He goes to Honolulu after he leaves college and plays football, semi-professional football for the Honolulu Bears, which was very interesting the to Honolulu me. Honolulu <laughs> Bears, I love it. Yeah. Now, that didn't last very long because he returned to California right after that and ended up playing as a running back for the Los Angeles Bulldogs in the Pacific Coast Football League. So he didn't really spend a whole lot of time in Hawaii. By that time, however, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor had taken place, and that ended Robinson's football career because he was actually drafted into the military. Yep, and go fight in the war. Yep. Yeah, so if you didn't know that, Robinson was actually in the military, in the U.S. military. Everything I saw, though, said he never actually saw action, but that he was still in the military. He was just- yeah, yeah, he just got drafted. He just got drafted. He never actually went and fought. Like, he, he was never in any gunfights or anything like that, but he was he was in the military. Now, when he came back from the war, he played baseball in Daytona Beach, Florida, for the Montreal Royals, the Class AAA International League. Um, and, you know, this is when he first starts to get the baseball prejudice because of his race. And um, this is kind of how the Dodgers get introduced to him. So he wasn't allowed to stay with his white teammates at any team hotels. And instead, he had to lodge at the home of Joe and Dufferin Harris, a politically active African-American couple who introduced the Robinsons to civil rights activist Mary McLeod Bethune. Now, since the Dodgers organization did not own the spring training facility, um, scheduling was subject to the whim of area locals of, of area lo- local facilities, several of which turned down any event involving Jackie Robinson or Johnny Wright, who was another black player whom the manager Ricky had signed in the Dodgers organization. Now, um, Ricky lobbied to the officials a lot, and the Royals were allowed to host a game involving Robinson and Daytona Beach. And Robinson made his Royals debut at Daytona Beach's City Island Ballpark in March 17, 1946, in the exhibition game against the team's parent club, the Dodgers. Robinson thus became the first black player to openly play for a minor league team against a major league team, um, since the color line had been implemented in the 1880s. Um, later in spring training, after some less than stellar performances, Robinson was shifted from shortstop to second base, and they did this to help him have some shorter throws to first base. Apparently there were some issues at short that he couldn't get the ball all the way to first, or has having issues doing so. Um, so... Robinson's appear Robinson's presence on the field was a boon to attendance. More than one million people went to games involving Robinson in 1946, and le- figures that the International League standards AAA had never seen. 
uh, in the fall of 1946, following the baseball season, Robinson returned home to California and briefly played professional basketball for the short-lived Los Angeles Red Devils. So this man is all over the place. I mean, he's literally playing he's any plays anything sport. he can. Yeah, anything. Sports is his life. Now, he gets called up to the majors, um, and he gets called up to the Brooklyn Dodgers. And they end up having to do spring training in Cuba um, because they don't want to do spring training in anywhere in the United States because they know they're going to get pushback from from people. So during spring training, players on the Dodgers started a petition and said they weren't going to play with Robinson. And if they if they were forced to play with Robinson, they were going to leave the team. So they started a petition. Manager manager gets hold of uh, said petition calls a team meeting, and basically said, I know that some of you have been passing around a petition saying that you don't want to play with Jackie um, in this upcoming season. He was like, well, let me tell you what you can do with that petition. And he was like, you can wipe your you-know-what with it, and I'll hand it right back to you. Okay? And so basically saying that you're not going to be, like, that's not how things are going to go here. So... In 1947, the Dodgers called Robinson up to the major leagues six days before the start of the season. Eddie Stanky was at second base for the Dodgers, and Robinson played his initial major league season as a first baseman. Um, in his first game, he failed to get a base hit, but he walked and scored a run in the Dodgers' 5-3 to victory. So the first game he was in, the Dodgers won. Um, they really... Robinson's promotion was met with a positive kind of mixed reaction among newspapers, uh, other players. There was still obviously the racial tension, but people were kind of on board with um, what was going on here and having Jackie Robinson play. Um, Famous quote from manager uh, Leo Durocher. He told the team, he said, I don't care if the guy is yellow or black or if he has stripes like an effing zebra. I'm the manager of this team, and I say he plays. What's more, I say he can make us all rich. And if any of you cannot use the money, I will see that you all are traded. So, you either buy into what they're doing in the Brooklyn Dodgers or you're out. That's pretty much what this manager's saying. Um, We'll get into more stories um, as we go on. But that's kind of Robinson's journey to the majors. And now I kind of want to hand it over to Ross and... um, what we're going to do now is kind of go over some some stats and as well as go into um, um, player comparison. Player comparisons, yes. So this got me thinking, if Jackie played in the MLB today, who would he be most like? And who can we compare him to from today's modern game? Because I think Jackie's game, um, just from the stats that he put up, would translate extremely well. To today's game he was um, definitely an average focus hitter but he could hit for power when he needed to um, he wasn't a guy that made a lot of outs he wasn't a guy that struck out a lot I mean he was putting the ball in play every single time uh, he was a good fielder obviously he played hard I mean we see that throughout Jackie's life he's a fighter um, so he played hard he you know had all these odds and he overcame them um, and he won an MVP award. He was a six-time All-Star. He won a batting title one time, which is the top um, average in the majors. 
and he won a World Series. So when I was looking through his stats um, yesterday and just kind of thinking about who in the world could compare to Jackie Robinson from a stats perspective, and I came across Jose Altuve, who plays second base for the Houston Astros. That's good. And what really, before we get into these stats too much, what amazed me about Jackie was that he played every single position. Yeah, he was all over the field. He was all over the field, which is so impressive because you just don't see that today. Um, But he played the majority of his career at second. He had the most games at second base. So looking at second baseman, yeah, Jose Altuve. So Jackie Robinson played 10 seasons in the MLB. Um, Probably could have played more if he was able to play at a younger age. Um, But he played 10 seasons. Jose Altuve has played nine seasons. So this next season will be his 10th. So the comparisons here are pretty... Yeah, they're pretty level right it's now. It's pretty level. Um, so Jackie's career batting average was 311. He had a 311 batting average, um, which is high. That's good. That's really good. Jose Altuve is setting at 315 through nine seasons. Um, home runs, Jackie hit 137. Jose Altuve's hit 128. RBIs. Jackie drove in 734 RBIs. Yeah, when I saw that stat, I was like, holy cow. That means... 734 runs. When guys were on base, Jackie was putting them in. Yeah. Like, you had guys on base, and you were like, Jackie's coming up, this is good. We're going to score some runs here. Um, And Jose Altuve has driven in 538. Obviously, these numbers are going to go up for Jose. Because he still has a lot of game left to be played in the majors. Fielding percentage-wise, I thought this was interesting. Um, Jackie had a 983 fielding percentage, and Jose Altuve is a 985. So they're pretty similar there, too. Yeah. Um, Not a lot of errors. They get the job done in the field. And then wins above replacement. Jackie was at a 61.4. Hmm. So that means if they would have put in somebody other than Jackie, they would have lost that many wins. That's crazy. That's that's crazy to me. So that just tells you how valuable he was. Um, and Jackie won a Rookie of the Year award. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Gold Glove and the Silver Slugger would have been introduced, Jackie would have won. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. A ton of those awards because one hundred percent. I mean, he was he was one of the best in the league. Which is that makes. That makes what he did even more impressive, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, not only did he go against all these odds, not only did he break the color barrier in baseball, but he did all of that while being one of the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. Like, you just don't – that's that's the perfect combination of what Jackie did. So, I, I think it's a really interesting comparison between Jackie and Jose Altuve. Because watching what Jose Altuve has been able to do and thinking, okay, that's similar to what Jackie did play style-wise. Yeah. Gives you kind of a an anchor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think about it like that, and then you can also think about it as they both have struggles in their games. Like, Altuve is a short guy. Like, Altuve Five, has six. some serious, yes. uh, you know, there, there are some serious disadvantages in his size. And then you also have Jackie, who is the first ever black player to break the color barrier, whether he was tall or short or, you know, whatever, skinny or fat. I mean, it's that, that, they're both dogs. Yes. They're dogs. Oh, yeah. They are. Um, 
They are. I think that's a good comparison uh, to today. I mean, that's you kind of get that same mindset. If you've ever if you've ever watched an interview with Jose Altuve, you kind of like you said, they're both dogs. Like they they want to go out and they they want to compete. Baseball's their life. I mean, I remember watching a little interview on Jose Altuve and he was saying my dad and I every single day would go out and and hit and mm-hmm. just and just shag balls and 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 field and things like that. And that's that's the same thing that Jackie Robinson had as well. Um Jackie was also really known for his ability to steal bases. Um yes. And then the infamous where he stole home in that play, I went and watched it this week, and my goodness, it's a close play. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna err on the side of Jackie, but man, that's a close play. That was before the MLB had instant replay. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> it definitely was. But it's not the first time he stole home. I mean, there are other times he did so. He was really known for his way to terrorize the pitcher on third when he he would literally just get in his head, take way too big of a lead, and just get in the mind of the pitcher. I mean, I remember watching a play and Jackie was on third. It was base bases loaded. It was a full count and Jackie was threatening to steal home and got in the pitcher's head so much that he walked the batter. So Jackie just walked on in yep. to the ba- to to the home plate and scored. Um so he was just he was the real for lack of a better term balls to the wall. <laughs> yeah. He was balls to the wall. Not only did he have to be because of his circumstances, but I think he would have been regardless. This is oh, yeah. who Jackie was. That's who he was. And as I as we learn a little bit more about him this week and doing some research on him, that's every account of him is him being like he is uber competitive, wears his emotion on his sleeve, and lets you know how he feels about things and is always gonna give you a hundred percent at anything that he does. Um so some stories that I saw about Jackie Robinson and um, he talks about the St. Louis Cardinals. He actually talks about the Phillies being the worst team, like in terms of Rachel, like speech. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, I watched an interview with him. He was actually being interviewed by someone, and he, they asked the question, like, who who do you remember being the worst? And he was like, the Phillies were the first thing that came out of his mouth. The Phillies were the worst. Oh, obviously, I hope it's different today, but that's what he remembers. But there was actually a Cardinals player that um, he would get into it with, and there was it was when Robinson was still playing first, uh, and it was at St. Louis, they were they were running the batter would hit the ball off the right field wall and he was running around first Jackie had his foot on the bag and the guy stepped right on his ankle and drew blood made a huge gash on it but Jackie actually ended up didn't saying anything i mean he 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 being known for fighting back and not taking crap from anyone just decided to not do anything but 2 years later they're in brooklyn and this is when Jackie is at second now. Same guy hits the ball and is coming around second. Robinson lifts up his glove and hits the guy right in the mouth and draws blood and knocks him to the ground. And he turns him down, turns down, looks at him and says, "I never forget." I love that. <laughs> that just—it's a good hard tag, you know. 
got to remember those things. That's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, two whole years. And that's funny because it was two years after his Major League debut that his manager said, okay, you can talk and fight back. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole thing about <clears throat> when Jackie first gets into the majors and he's told he's being told that he he should not talk back when they're when they're going to say racial th- racial slurs against him they're saying Jackie do not talk back and i i forget the exact quote but it's like you want me to be a coward and not say anything back right you don't you don't want me to have the courage to say anything back mm-hmm. and then the manager's like no i want you to have the courage to not say anything back to not fight back but that didn't last forever because Jackie was given um, full reign to uh, talk back and fight back. And did he ever? I mean, two years after the majors, when he was allowed to, he would just let people know. I mean, there was no way around no way around it. There are so many instances if you go back and look for yourself on things where not only with team with players on the other team, but if he felt like if you were on his team and you weren't given a hundred percent. He would get in your face and pretty much say, you got to buy in or why are you even playing? I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, this guy, he was not a pacifist. I mean, the dude was a fighter in, in every sense of the word. Um, now, he an, an interesting story about Jackie was, go back with me to when he was drafted in the Army. He was assigned to a cavalry unit at Fort Riley, Kansas, and... While he was in basic training, he actually became friends with a boxing champion, Joe Lewis, who was nicknamed the Brown Bomber. And Joe Lewis was known for besting um, the German Max Schmeling during a politically charged bout in 1938. So... Robinson and Lewis would often play golf together on their hours off, and Lewis later used his prestige to help Jackie and other several black soldiers win entrance into the Army's officer candidate school after they were unfairly denied admission because of their race. So, Jackie's just friends with everyone. Jackie's friends with a famous boxer, and that boxer just so happened to knock off a German uh, powerhouse boxer. Uh, back in the 1930s. It's a real rocky story right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a rocky story. Apollo Creed. Um, I think what's interesting to me is that he played on the Kansas City Monarchs, Yeah, which was a Negro League team. That team had some, like, all-time greats on it. It did. <laughs> so it had Jackie. It had um, Satchel Paige, who is a Hall of Fame pitcher. Oh, I and didn't it's know a that. shame that he never really got a chance. So he didn't start pitching in the majors until he was like 39. Mm. And he only started pitching in the majors because of Jackie and what Jackie yeah. did. Uh, all-time great pitcher. He's in the Hall of Fame. And then another Hall of Fame pitcher, Hilton Smith, was mm. also on that team. Yeah. Like, that team was stacked. Yeah. You have to look at those situations with those players and think, man, if they could have played – in the it's just so sad. It is sad. It, it's it's horrible, and because these guys had insane talent, mm-hmm. and they literally were only not allowed to play because of their skin color. That's right. the dumbest thing. Right. It is. It's stupid. And I even thought about this. I was like, you know, really, the only reason Jackie, and I mean, you can make this argument for anyone, but what if Jackie had been an average player? 
I mean, what if what if he hadn't been like an all star? Would he would he have gotten called up and yeah. been able to play in the majors? And so like, really, it is what it is. But the only reason Jackie was able to do that to come up within the majors was one because of his talent, and two because of the manager's willingness to take the heat and um, from from having a, mm-hmm. a black baseball player. I just think about this is not super long ago. I mean, you think about it. This is 1930s, 1940s. We often learn about this and we think about it as happening so far away. It's only some of these guys are still alive. Exactly. They're still alive and they remember everything. Yeah. They remember everything that went on. And we've got to be aware of that. That that was not super that was not so far off in the distant past and you know, this wasn't some his, you know, way back in eighteen hundreds or anything like that. This is mid nineteen hundreds. Like I, I saw a tweet about that last night. That like, we, the U.S. passed the desegregation law fifty five years ago. Fifty five, fifty five years ago. My dad's sixty. Like that's just yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah. It's weird to think about. Yeah. It's like you learn about this as ancient history, but it's it's not. No, it's not. Because some, yeah, exactly. Like we have some of us have parents that are older than fifty five years. Yeah, and I mean whether you like it or not, people that were alive before that law was mm-hmm. passed are alive and yes. had those those prejudices. Yep, and are still may they still may have them. I mean we can't in good conscience just go around thinking that everyone's on the same page. Exactly. I mean we if you think. That everyone in the United States has, and if you consider yourself like, yeah, of course, I would not consider Ross or I racist. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I've never seen anything like that from him. I don't think he's seen no. anything like that from me. But if we were to think that everyone in the United States had the same opinions and same thoughts as we did, we would be kidding ourselves. And that's what I think is so important about having a conversation like this is to kind of highlight the fact, like we just said, this was not that long ago. Mm-mm. This is not that long ago. We have to be so careful about just dismissing this stuff and saying, well, that was so long ago or that that happened X amount of years ago. Well, if you you can't make that argument, no. you can't you can't say that. And the evidence in today is just not there to support that. Yep, it's not. I mean, you have to look hard. You have to take a good, hard look and, and understand why. You know, it hit me, I don't know if it hit me this year or the year before, but just how many people really do feel like we, I mean, obviously we're, we've made strides since then. Yes. But how how much stride have we made? Yeah. I mean, how how like close are we to where we should be? There's I mean, still a, a long, long, long ways to go. And I think the biggest danger is to be complacent. Yes. To be complacent and say, well, this is good enough. Yeah. This is good enough. Because it's not. It's not good enough, no. obviously. Um. Now, there's a funny, there's a picture of a rundown. Go to back, to, going back to the stories. There's a picture of a rundown. Jackie's trying to score, and there are seven Philadelphia Philly players trying to tag him. Seven, <laughs> and he ends up getting past all of them and scores a run. Granted, there are nine players <laughs> on a baseball field at all times. So who were the two that were slacking? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 
That's cr- that was crazy to me. I mean, really, you only have one ball. So what are the other five guys gonna? What are the other six guys gonna do? I mean, they're just gonna stand there and block the way. I mean, I don't know what they were doing. It's just a giant loop. <laughs> a giant loop. Just a yeah. giant loop. He ended up being safe, didn't he? He scored. He scored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he scored off the run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have loved to have had a chance to watch Jackie play. I know that would have been so great. That that would have been so great. That's that's why my sister, she she plays softball and I remember she would do like Jackie is historically known for picking up the dirt in the batter's box and mm-hmm. kind of using that as like to to hold the bat with. Mm-hmm. My sister does that. Like just because she saw the movie and heard about Jackie and wants to copy that. And so she'll like pick yeah. up the the dirt. That's just how impactful they are in, in, in today's society. Not only – I mean, no MLB player wears 42. Yeah, no, no. Gets retired. Exactly, exactly. As it should, as it should. So not only did Jackie change how the game of baseball was played, he changed the game forever. He changed the United States mm-hmm. forever. I mean, civil rights activist, a fighter. Oh, yeah. um everything Jackie transcends the history of baseball yeah and even when he stopped playing baseball he literally devoted himself to civil rights the civil rights movement and was an active voice in politics and so the way he actually ended 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 playing baseball was get this like the Dodgers they bring him on and it's this historic moment and People are, are loving Jackie and all that. They trade him. They trade him to the Giants. And instead of Jackie going to the Giants, he just quits and retires and said, I'd rather just retire and quit than go play for someone else other than the Dodgers. So, so it's just con- this, this attitude from Jackie is just consistent throughout mm-hmm. his whole life. Um, but during the 1960 presidential election, he um, would tour the country and give speeches for uh, the vice president at the time, Richard Nixon, who um, he argued had more appealing opinions on civil rights than John F. Kennedy. So I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you, mean, he, you mean the same Richard Nixon that did Watergate? The, the, the <laughs> very same. <laughs> The very same. Robinson actually met with Kennedy in July 1960, but he had left the encounter feeling that the Massachusetts senator at the time was disconnected from the plight of African Americans. Um, The two actually went through a brief war of words in the press, Kennedy and Robinson. And, but Robinson eventually reversed his opinion in the early 1960s and later wrote of both of his admiration for both President Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. It's interesting. <laughs> he's not afraid to admit he's wrong. He's not afraid to admit he's wrong. And he's not, but he's also not afraid to like go at somebody. No, no. And that's what you need to know about Jackie Robinson is that, at least for me, I always thought that he was kind of like. Very pacifist. Not, yeah, yeah. Like didn't pick fights or anything like that. No. He just had really good self-control. I think what was <laughs> interesting to me is that 
his manager told him after two years that he could start fighting. Like, <laughs> like I had never realized that. I just yeah. kind of always figured, like, he just kind of held himself with that professionalism throughout his career. Oh, no, no. No, 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 no. That, <laughs> that was did, wrong. That was, not, that was not consistent. That was only a <laughs> short period of time. Yeah, that was a quick two years. I'm sure Jackie was ready to get that over with. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. First guy that looks at Jackie Rock after those two years getting a bat upside the head. <laughs> I'm sure the Phillies, when they found out that yeah. Jackie didn't talk back, were like, God, crap. you know, I think load management, I'm going to take this game against the Brooklyn Dodgers off. Yep. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, he literally, I mean, you just let, let him loose. Let them loose out there and have 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 worry have way with them, Jackie. Do what you will with them. Um. Yeah, I, I just can't help but think about had he not done what he did, or had he not had the self control in those two years, and somehow found himself unable to play the rest of his career. Would we be back at square one? How much longer would it have taken to get another black player in the? In the, in the majors. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think that's something Jackie understood. I think that's why he was so willing to not say anything those first couple of years. Because in reality, he knew and was self-aware of the situation he was in. While it was unfair, he knew in order to get where we needed to go, he had to sacrifice in the meantime. Exactly. Yeah. Which was, again, another it's huge attribute. A to, testament to who he was. Exactly. He has a bigger picture in mind. Yes, he is super involved in <clears throat> athletics and whether it's football, basketball, baseball, or track and his accomplishments. He has the bigger picture in mind and realizes, okay, I had this chance, but how can I play this sport in order for guys to follow me, guys yes. to come into my footsteps? Exactly. And um, one of his big dreams was to see a black uh, baseball manager, and that ended up happening too. And it so mm-hmm. you just see he was, you know, the gateway for so much change, not only in baseball, but for, for any, sport, any sport, any sport really. I mean, you look at that, and I mean, it's just, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Jackie Robinson, huge... Uh, Huge influence in baseball, huge influence in politics afterwards, um, and even to sports today. I mean, the guy is a the guy's a historically one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, not even in terms of just what he did, his yeah, his athletic ability, but the impact he made mm-hmm. in U.S. society culture, um, and yeah, I mean. I'm really glad y'all chose Jackie Robinson because that's low-key what I wanted to do. And I definitely swayed the vote. We may or may not have swayed the votes a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But you guys came through on that one as well. Right, right. It wasn't – it was kind of close between – we'll do the next one will be like Muhammad Ali because that one was the next closest. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually really interested in that one. I'm interested to get to learn more about him because, again, with Jackie, I feel like I know about Muhammad Ali, but – Upon research, maybe I don't know all that all that much about yeah. him. Um, I just love how this, and I hope in this conversation for you opened up your eyes to see one where we're at today versus fifty five years ago when that law was passed, and even when this was going on. But to keep in mind that 
we have not reached the finish line. I mean, we are not close. Yes. We are not close by any means. And, you know, it is a good thing that we are not where we were, but to be complacent is one of the worst things we can do in in the U.S. Um, yes. It's to just say, this is good enough. Yep. We always need to be reevaluating, looking at it again. Right, right. I mean, one of the worst words, one of the worst phrases you can say is, this is the way we've always done it. And one of the worst things you can say about this is, well, this is the way it's always going to be. I mean, there's always going to be like, and yes. that doesn't have to happen. That doesn't have to be like that. Um, so thank you for listening to our first, um, what would we call this? Player spotlight. Player spotlight. Thank you. I literally, I could not come up with like anything to say. Like I was overthinking it. Player I was way overthinking it. Player spotlight. I like that. I like that. So yeah. Am I missing anything? Is there anything about Jackie you want to add that I just left out and didn't even know about? No, you covered it. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we talked a lot about him. Like, I don't want to give you irrelevant details. I mean. Go see the, go, if, if you haven't yet, watch the movie 42. Oh, yes. The Do movie that. is fantastic. It is a great movie. I haven't seen it in years, but it, it's, it's a fantastic great. movie. It's one of the, it's one of the greatest sports Oh, wait, movies. wait, 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 wait. I have to talk about Pee Wee Reese. True. Did I not? Did you I didn't, mention no, it? No, we, we haven't mentioned Okay, Pee-wee I have to talk Reese about Pee Wee Reese. Because um, you see parallels to today, I'm just saying. Um, so Jackie, this is one of the first few games that Jackie's playing. And he, I mean, it's getting bad. I mean, the, the things people are saying to him, they're throwing on the field, it's getting terrible. And what Pee Wee Reese does is he walks over to Jackie and puts his arm around him. And what I saw and what I was reading was that the entire stadium went silent that no one said a word because they were shocked about what he did. And um, what Pee Wee Reese did was, I mean, you talk about what Jackie did was huge, but the buy-in from the white baseball players to support Jackie was also crucial Mm -hmm. in that movement for him. And you look at sports today and in movements and issues where um, black players are trying to stand up for something, and along comes a white a white player in the same sport to help support them and whatnot. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's what I thought of when I was thinking about what does that story mean for today. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you agree with the anthem protests or not, there were several football players um, that would stand by those guys. Yep. And I think that what's big about that is whether you agree with it or not, you have to sit, sympathize with what those guys are feeling because mm-hmm. ultimately you don't know you you don't have the viewpoint you don't have the perspective of them so instead of ridiculing instead of saying well this is my opinion you're completely wrong yep. sympathize with someone because obviously they feel strongly enough to do something about it like that not saying that every cause is worthy enough to do something like that but in this case i mean i would say it's fair but again that's things we need to pay attention to and not forget about here in sports today. Like like what I was saying, being complacent and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, that was literally the last thing I wanted to say. I was the Pee Wee Reese and that was it. That was good. <laughs> forgot about that. Not Pee Wee Herman. We thought it was Pee Wee Herman at first and it was not. It's not Pee Wee Herman. It's Pee Wee Reese. Thank God it's not Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> so I think that 
I think that's it. That I concludes the else. the first ever, not only the first ever player spotlight, but the first <laughs> ever Tall Guys Pod. Tall Guys Pod. We're gonna actually come up with another. We're having another episode today. You'll probably see it, but you'll see it up. You'll see it up. It's a surprise. It's a callback to one of our <laughs> former episodes. Yeah, Redneck Chick Fil A. Will Gathright, this is for you. <laughs> Zach, you have anything else? I'm good. I'm, closing remarks. Do you want me to do closing remarks yeah, for this one? Let's I can do. do it. I can do it for this one. You could, you got it for the other one. Well, we are super excited about this. I mean, we we wanted to rebrand and be able to talk about a little bit more than just sports. Um, one, because the sports market right now in podcasts is overwhelming, and two. We have more interests uh, outside of sports that we think that you'll be interested to hear about, uh, not only in our own lives, but just guests we'll bring on and, and just topics we'll talk about. So you may listen to us on any podcast providing um, service. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, um, soon to be iHeartRadio. I need to double check on that. iHeartRadio would be really cool. Uh, Google Play. And of course, you can always download the Anchor app. The Anchor app is how we actually stream our podcast. And so the easiest way to listen to us is on Anchor. So uh, give us a, a review. And how about how about this? We, we want you guys to share on social media if you like this. So if you like this episode, if you like this player spotlight, give us a shout out on Twitter. Um, and uh, we will be sure to... Uh, we might hook you up with something. We might do something like giveaway or something like that. I don't know. We'll figure something out. All right. Anyway, this has been Tall Guys Podcast, first ever player spotlight. Thank you for listening.